All right, welcome everyone to the Just Stick Around podcast. This is episode six, and uh, I am Jim Stillwell. I'm Zach Stillwell. And we have our dear friends with us, Dave Slyker and his daughter, Lauren, from IHOP Kansas City. Hi. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're just so grateful that you guys could squeeze in a little time to do this today. You guys are going to be ministering here in our prayer room for the next few hours, doing some prophetic ministry and doing prayer sets. I personally don't like that we're doing episode six. It is the number of man. Can we just skip right to seven? Can we just say it's episode yeah, maybe seven? We made a bad choice on that. We can say that. It's episode seven. Twelve. Maybe just uh, say you're never going to release episode six. It exists, but because it's the episode of man, you're going to keep it just It'll just say away. episode. Episode. Oh, yeah, like episode. We could be like a... Doesn't like Star Wars have a f- film like that? Just says episodes or... I don't know. I'm not that guy. Maybe we can do a Roman numeral and it won't look so bad. You your know? your like, producer is rubbing her head just oh, it's in over. so much pain. Right. It's it's ending. <laughs> we are such weirdos. Well, we are glad you guys we're glad you guys are here. <laughs> and you're gonna preach tonight in our encounter God service. That's uh, yes, exciting. So uh sorry. No, it's good. Where are we going? This conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So um I mean we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The whole reason we're doing this podcast is to help give people courage to continue to love Jesus all the days of their life with a heart that's on fire, right? Not um, even through the valleys, the mountaintops, all of that. We want to give people courage, practical things, um, really like even just down to what should you pray (laughs) to keep your heart alive as you're moving forward, um, loving Jesus, because there's ups and downs through it all, right? And so I've got a couple of questions here. Um, that can kind of kick things off for us. Um, but one that I was thinking about when I thought about you guys coming um, was I was curious to ask, when did the Lord mark your heart with night and day prayer? Um, and because I remember for me when it was, and I grew up in it, right? Like you did, Lauren. And But there was a moment or a season of time where the Lord really, I felt like he just marked my heart, gave me zeal for his house, which I had not understood even growing up in the prayer room. I just thought this is just what we do, right? This is, this is the prayer room. But then I remembered the moment, um, in prayer and worship. Um, and the Lord really just marked me with zeal for his house. I went, okay, I, I get, this is different. I want to help give you a place to rest. Lord, this matters a lot. Um, it's not just a cool thing to do. Um, so, you know, kind of just jumping off there, when was the time that the Lord really hit your heart with, well, night and day prayer? Like, this isn't just what me and my family do, right? But this is actually something God is lighting in me to be a part of in a significant way. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have hit the deep zeal part yet, and I'm reaching for it, but part of part of my heart has always been really hungry for missions. Um but as, as, as well, the whole of my heart has always been really hungry for missions. Um, but I think, I think being in IHOPU and having been uh, around the language and really pouring myself into actually studying why we fall in love with prayer and why we do nine day prayer um, and, and why we align ourselves with the tabernacle of David lifestyle is just that, that is something that the Lord is teaching me to fall in love with consistently. That is something that the Lord is um, still encountering my heart on. Um, and I, I, I think for me, looking at the life of Charles Finney, 
um, the revivalist and, and knowing, you know, he couldn't go out. He couldn't, he couldn't have done such an impactful ministry had there not been a, a Nash behind praying behind him. And I just, I think for me with that heart of missions, looking at the prayer movement being like, there is no way in the world that we as a people can even go out without that aligning our hearts with God in a day and night capacity, because there's no way that we can, um, we can do it without talking to Jesus, talking to the Lord, um, aligning to with his heart for the world through prayer day and night. Um, that is something that the Lord is still continuously putting on my heart, but, um, I don't, I'm, I got to reach for that moment, I guess. <laughs> no, that's good. I think I'm still in that spot myself. If yeah. There's these moments where it ignites, but then I'm like, oh, Lord, you have to convince me of this again. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to help me stay connected to what you meant by this, right? Because I didn't yeah. just get it all in that moment, right? It's so, so normal. It's, right. it's been, I was born into it. I, I, right. I've been doing day and night prayer my whole life since I was two years old. And so there's that, there's that almost normalcy that I catch myself in. Like people don't have this. They don't know what it's like. This isn't something that you can just bop over two minutes and you're in the perm whenever you like, like that's not what people have accessible to them. So it is, it is something still quite foreign to me in a way of like, Oh, people don't have this. So. Yeah. My, my story is a little unusual Mm -hmm. in that, um, so much of what the Lord spoke to me about night and day prayer and the encounters that I had very early on, which I'll talk about in a sec. But, um, but I, I thought that those encounters were to mark me for night and day prayer. Mm. And then I realized much later, oh, wait a minute, you weren't marking me for night and day prayer. You were marking me to not quit. The very theme of this podcast. Mm. The, the intensity of my encounters had nothing to do with revelation to understand it or uh, courage to transition into it out of my other role as a youth pastor, which that's what I thought. I thought it was those things. Again, 10, 15 years later, I look back, I go, Oh, I've been doing, we've been in this 21 years now, but about the 10 year mark, 15 year mark, I look back and I went, Oh, those encounters were for now so that I won't quit. Those are those were to keep me in my chair to not get discouraged that the intensity of the encounter is connected to the difficulty of the assignment and uh, and the and the degree to which I'm going to want to quit the, the assignment. I get that now. Oh. And so. Um, so it was 1993. I was I was uh, 19 years old. It was spring of 93. And um, so 19 year old me. This is you know, obviously six years, which is amazing, six years, uh, before the house of prayer, um, was, was launched. And, um, I was born in 93. It's a great year. You're kidding. No, that's that's awesome. I love that. So, so it's spring of 93 and the first of what would be four waves of renewal are about to blow through those nineties renewals. They were, you know, the Lakeland renewal, which was about to blow through our church. I didn't know it yet. The, um, that the, you know, the Brownsville revival, the Toronto blessing, Toronto blessing was first. And then the, uh, the, uh, Melbourne renewal Four massive winds of renewal are about to kind of shake America and the earth. And the first kind of raindrops, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the first little drops of rain 
um, hit my church and my Bible school in 1993. I'm 19 years old. And um, it's the end of one of the meetings. The The craziness is is done. And the senior pastor would turn on guitar music, turn down the lights of the sanctuary, and just with the guitar music behind him, he'd read the Psalms. And the whatever, however you felt about the crazy Holy Spirit manifestations, which in the Rodney Howard Brown laughing renewal, renewal it was laughing, rolling, falling, just stuff that I had never seen before, which could not prepare me for Toronto next. But, but, um, so here, all of that is quiet and the presence, the lingering presence of the Lord was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. I didn't know this was a thing to, to sit in a room and feel God to that degree. It was, it was remarkable. And so I would sit in the back of the sanctuary and the pastor would read the Psalms quietly and the guitar music would play and he just read them from Psalm 1 all the way to Psalm 150. He just read them every night during this renewal. And uh, when he gets to Psalm 27, I had never heard Psalm 27 before in my life. I came from an unsaved home. I had never heard Psalm 27 before. So I'm just, and I, it's not even like I'm listening to him all that much. I'm just enjoying the presence of God and the, the reading of the word. Well, he hits Psalm 27 4. One thing I ask, one thing I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my, of my life. When he hits that passage, I mean the fire of God. It's the only time I get touched by the Spirit in that move of the Spirit. Mm. The fire of God hits me, and I begin to weep uncontrollably. And out of my mouth come the words, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. All the days of my life, this is my vow. All the days of my life, I will dwell in your sanctuary. I will dwell in your house. This is my vow. I'm saying these words. I'm not thinking them. I don't understand what I'm saying. It's just coming right out of me, but I don't understand what's going on. And so now it's, it's four years later, it's 1997 and I'm the youth pastor with Bob Sorge and Marcy Sorge in, in a church in upstate New York. And uh, I, I'm thinking about that encounter, like, Lord, what is that? What, what do I do with this? Do I, do I set up a cot in the church sanctuary? What does it look like to do Psalm 27, four in a New Testament context? I have to know because I vowed to you that I would do it. So you got to help me here. It would be two years until I'd get the answer. Now it's October 99. I'm visiting Bob and Marcy in Kansas City. And a friend of ours, a dear friend, Judy Dowdy's sister, Joanne, um, says to us, you guys have to check out this prayer meeting down the road. It's a prayer meeting that's been going for a month straight. It hasn't stopped. And I went, a prayer meeting that's been going for a month straight? <laughs> That's historic. That's unbelievable. That that has to be a miracle. How does it go for a month without stopping? That would just seem so mind-blowing and record-breaking. And so I go, Tracy and I, we go on a Wednesday night. It's 6 o'clock. I'll never forget it. It's Wednesday night, 6, 7 o'clock we go. And um, we come right to the trailer, and there's teenagers everywhere. I didn't know that this was the Wednesday night youth prayer meeting. The, the Metro Christian Fellowship teenagers would come and do the prayer room with their youth pastor. And so teenagers are all over the parking lot. I walk past a ton of teenagers and I come into the sanctuary and there's teenagers everywhere in the sanctuary praying and singing. I'm like, I'm an old youth pastor. I'm going, how did they do this? The teenagers outside flirting, I get. The teenagers in here praying, I don't. Wow. And then I'm watching Mike disciple one of the girls from my youth group. And, and, if he, and <laughs> she's singing. And, um, and, uh, he goes, all right, he just prayed. Now you answer his prayer in the voice of the bridegroom. 
And then you answer her in the voice of the bride. And you're going to answer each other. And I went, oh, do they even understand what he's saying? Like, do I understand what he's saying? Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, that's, that's unbelievable. But it hits me like thunder. I go, this is the greatest discipleship mechanism I've ever seen. Wow. Getting young people to sing the Bible yeah. and sing the heart of Jesus from the perspective of Jesus, there's no better discipleship tool than that. It just made sense to me. And I thought, I want to give my life to this. This is it. This is the answer to the 1993 vow. This is what it means to dwell in the house of the Lord in a New Testament context. I want to be before the Lord, minister to him, and disciple people in prayer from the word with singing. I want to do this. And so um, and so I end up having a, a really intense series of encounters that culminates with. So, so I have a, a crazy encounter with the Lord in the midst of it all, the transition, where, I, where I'm being uprooted from where I'm at. I can see it. I have an open vision. The Lord is holding my heart with, with uh, you know, roots and soil dangling off of it. And, um, and I can see it. I feel like my heart's been ripped out of my chest. We've been, we're being uprooted. And I knew it meant, because I'd had a prophetic word given to me by a total stranger, never met him before. He said, the Lord's uprooting you. He's taking you from the only family you've ever known. He's taking you on the I-35 way. He's going to root you into a family you've never met. And it's about your kids. It's about the return of Jesus. And it's about prayer. I went, I've never met the guy in my life. He didn't know me. I don't know him. It was wow. unbelievable. So when I'm having this encounter, I know this is the Lord showing me. He's really uprooting me. He is taking my heart. He is setting it somewhere else. So now it's a year to the day of that encounter. It's a year to the day. My wife and I are doing some errands. And I go, I need to go in the prayer room like right now. I don't understand it, but I need to go right now. She goes, okay. So I go in the prayer room. Now we're in our, we're out of the trailer. We're in our new building which we're still in to this day in, in a Redbridge center. And uh, I go right to the middle of the room in front of the soundboard. I hit the ground, fire of God. Same thing as that 1993 encounter. Words come out of my mouth that I'm not saying. And I say to the Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This is my vow. I will stay in this upper room until. I vow, Lord, I will stay here in this upper room until. And the presence of the Lord lifts, and and I mean I wipe my tears. I go on with my day, but but I knew that that was what Isaiah sixty two talks about the divine setting of the watchman on the wall. That was my divine setting moment. The Lord set me on a wall of intercession, and I've been set there ever since. And uh, and it just made sense to me. It just so it was a the, your question is very personal to me because I was profoundly marked for night yeah. and day prayer. But again, I know now that the if somebody's out there going, oh, I want that kind of encounter, I know now it was not to convince me to do it. It was when the season got excruciatingly difficult that I wouldn't quit doing it. Right. right. That I would have those encounters with the Lord to draw from so I would stay with it and, and have courage to, to stay with it. Yeah, that's really good. That's why I, I love hearing that because it encourages my heart as we're doing this, right? And hearing how the Lord ignites our hearts, it's not even, it's just your story reminds me of, I need to stay in this, right? Because the Lord's doing this and with so many people I, for a divine time that we live in. Um, so and then, Dad, I don't know if you want to talk more about, for you, I know it's around that same time. Mm -hmm. for Quick summary. So 93, 94 for me, and it started with do the first commandment. 
So my heart was pierced with, I just want to love Jesus. And so 94, I start getting swept up in some of the renewal stuff that was going on. I was Come a on. youth pastor, went down to Pasadena where they were, Lou was doing Rock the Nations. With Che, yes. Right? Right when it was starting, before Harvest Rock. At Mott Auditorium. Little room with 300 Asian kids and a handful of Caucasian kids. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was crazy, as right? As soon as you said 94, I knew. It was Mott Auditorium, Pasadena, Lou and Che. I yep. knew it. Marked. Didn't even know who Lou was at the time. 94, February 94. Toronto just broke out. I get marked with the most intense degree of intimacy with Jesus that maybe I haven't felt since in a corporate meeting. Maybe a little bit when I came out to Kansas City during the awakening, week two awakening. I had to, anyway, something kind of crazy with that. <laughs> but for me, it was, to me, the connection to being set. And I think an answer to being marked with the house of prayer, and I'm looking at our words on the wall in our prayer room, I think I'm still being set as a watchman. Um, but the whole key is don't quit, Jim. Yeah. So, but I was made to love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what I was reaching for, and that's what pierced my heart. Then, 99, Leslie and I go out to Kansas City, May 4th, 99. I think it was the second Forerunner conference that Mike did. And that's Mike's, my birthday. Yep, it was Let's right around your strong. birthday, May 4th, <laughs> May 7th. It was the May 7th weekend. And I'm out there, and Mike's preaching away on passion for Jesus, end time events. And I'm like, something was stirring in my heart. Like I got to give myself to this message. I didn't even understand the message. But when you said it's about your kids, it's about the return of Jesus. That's all. That was all the same. It's like the Lord was cooking up that at the time for me as well. And when you said that, I went, that's kind of what was going on in my heart. And though I understood none of it, but I knew it was about loving him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So by the time I was able to get back to that little trailer in 01, I walked into the trailer with all the metal chairs and the carpet that everybody just loves and talks about so much, you know, those days. And I was pastoring a church. I was a senior pastor for a church. As soon as I walked in, in my heart, I, I said to myself, this is going to change everything the way that I lead from here on out. Little did I know that I would stop senior pastoring and start House of Prayer and then right. start another House of Prayer, you know, 15, 18 years later. Anyway, that's the quick story, and I'm, I feel like I'm still being set. I'll say this just for fun between you and I. I never used to tell my story publicly. Do you know when I first started telling my story publicly the first time ever? Do you know where, do you know where it was? It was East Bay. House really? Prayer. Wow. Yeah, it was 2011. It was your leadership summit that you did. Yes. It was uh, November 2011. The reason I know it so specifically is because it was 11-11 that I do the Call Detroit with Lou and I have a really profound encounter with the Lord. Uh, really, it was one of the most bizarre weekends of my life. And, uh, so I'm in a, a genuine God moment, God encounter moment. And I'm coming to you on the tail end of that. I don't even know how to process it. And, uh, and you just go process it here. And I go, really? I can do that. You go, yeah, tell us, we want to hear your story. And so I process my God encounters publicly for the first time wow. in your leadership summit. Wow. I'd never done it before. It's really wow. sweet. That's really yeah. amazing. I think as we're telling it, it's like it's longevity. Yeah. Like the Lord knows what we need. Yeah. And then he gets us swept up in this thing called yeah. night and day prayer yeah. missions. But, and it's just, it's longevity because you have no idea what you're going to need when you want to quit. Yeah. Side note, do you know who else was at that leadership summit? I remember vividly. Ryan and Nina Landis. Yes. I mean, they were on the front row. Nina was just bawling her eyes out the whole yeah, weekend. Yeah, I remember that. Ryan and Nina. Cheryl yes. came up. David yes. Reimer so was there. Beautiful. Yep. 
But that was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. I love we them, eat tacos too. That if you're listening to this, Ryan and Nina. I love and miss you. They're in Colorado Springs. They're, they're, they're in Colorado Springs, and they're yeah. connected with Zach Acosta at Boulder. See, that's so cool. Wow, what a little family! It's beautiful. It's really cool. <laughs> you know Zach Acosta? Yes. So we met. We met in Dallas. My son Daniel was on the Colorado team last year as a Very freshman. Cool. And they went to Puebla. They went to Zach's house of prayer. And Zach and Daniel had a bizarre God connect. That's so cool. Like, they are, like, fast. It's like they're lifelong friends. Yeah. So Zach is, he doesn't know it, but he's famous in the Slager house. That's so cool. Zach, if you're listening to this, you are my hero. I mean, he is so faithful. Him and his wife are just going for it out there. And so I love Zach. Anytime I've been around him, we would we would try to Zoom. We try to Zoom, like, once a month if we can. So I love hearing awesome. that because he is amazing. I mean, Daniel's stories from that trip with Zach and that team were pretty crazy, weren't they? They're awesome, yeah. We, had, we did like a family post-trip debrief. Okay, very and cool. You guys can imagine it was just, we yeah. laughed a lot and cried a lot and laughed again. That's good. I just, I have to share my story, I think, that came to my mind about, just thinking about when I was in Atlanta, I went and interned there. I know I was talking to you about whether I was going to go to... still bitter about it, yeah. KC or Atlanta. I haven't gotten over it, no. <laughs> if you're wondering. Okay, good. It's now like I know. I do you feel that. like you missed a door of opportunity. I felt like you went through a not-God door to go to Atlanta. But Romans but it, 8. It worked out. Right? Romans yeah. 8. <laughs> no, the God door was clearly Kansas City with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. He knows? has your name on his bedroom door every time he passes. I wish you would have come here. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, wow. I was going to say, wow, that's like inside information right there. This is deeper rooted. Oh, that's awesome. No, but I remember being there and we were in a 10 day fast, right? I went out there because I was just like, Lord, I need you to do something in my heart, in my life. And uh 10 day fast, we're on like day six or something like that. And I'm sick and I don't want to show up to the 10 to midnight intercession. And I've told this story here a lot at our house of prayer, but I remember this is a story I come back to. I'm there and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to worship. <laughs> I feel awful physically, kind of spiritually. And I just feel this sense to just worship anyways, whatever I got. So I just stand up and put my hands up and try to utter some words and pray and nothing special at all. And then um, we start to transition. I get my backpack. I'm ready to walk out. The next person comes on to do a Devo. She starts playing um, just a little while longer. What's the name of that song? My Soul Sings. Yeah, My Soul Sings. And I have history with God with that song where he's just touched my heart. So I get my backpack and I'm I'm starting to walk towards the exit. And I'm slowing down because I just feel this tug from the Holy Spirit like, don't go. Don't leave yet. And I get to the to the door, and I'm I'm like my only ride home. I tell my roommate, I'm halfway out. I go, I can't leave. And I turn around. I take about three steps. I'll get emotional telling this, but I just hit the deck, man. And the love of God just fills me like I had never experienced in my life. And so there's so many times I think as I'm learning how to lead, leaning leading here. There's so many times where it feels like it's dry or Lord, this is hard, but this is what I've said yesterday. You've marked my heart in those moments, but that's the moment I go back to where I go, Lord, you beckoned me to stay. Like, let me not just feel that again, but let that motivate me to stay faithful to this, you know? And 
And it's just like the Lord, like it's just so easy for him. But the, I could not walk out of that. I knew I could not leave. And I was in there for another two hours or something. The Lord just, I was snot everywhere. God was doing something. He was showing me how a little bit of how much he wanted me in this with him, you know? And so I just love, I love hearing the different stories because that's what really does give us the courage not to quit. But here's the thing. I would guess the common denominator for the four of us, you get God stories that become your story. They become your life story. The God stories, actually, if you tell your, your own story right, they actually do become your life story more than even some of the downsides or some of the whatever. Right. I mean, that's what ends up happening to Abraham, right? God doesn't tell Abraham's life story. God tells Abraham's God story, which became his life story. That's how Abraham's story is understood which we always look back and we go, well, there's parts of the story you're, you should be telling God, but that's not how God tells our story. Mm. The God stories of our life become our life story, which empowers us to stay with it and not quit. That's why God wants that. He doesn't want us focusing on all the details of every element of our story. He wants us to focus on his version of our story. And the reason that I'm saying this is because somebody might be listening, thinking, I want God stories. I want those kinds of stories to to begin to fill my life. But how many boring prayer meetings did you have to go to in order to, to touch that one that changed everything? You had to be faithful to, if you weren't faithful to the a hundred boring prayer meetings up to that point, you don't get that moment in your life. How many boring classes, how many boring moments you you said, I've done my whole life in the house of prayer. How much of that was just boring and mundane and routine but now you're starting to build a life story of early God encounters that are setting your course. And same with you, same with me. The, uh, if you want the God stories, you have to be willing to endure and wait Isaiah 40 in the place of prayer and presence in the place of faithfulness and obedience. You just have to wait. You just have to, the, the way to get God stories is not to go after them in one sense. The way to get God stories is to do what he asked you to yes. do faithfully and yes. the God stories come find you. Yeah, that's so good because that's so often we're, we're longing for that with God. And so sometimes we can get distracted trying to find where that is going to happen, right? Like there's so many options. We talk about option fatigue around here. There's so many options too that kind of try to draw us away. We're going to go here. We're going to go there. I love just simplifying it. Do what he said. Be faithful to it. He's going to, he's so faithful to meet us there. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I've got another question if you guys are up for it. Of course. So one, one thing that came to mind as I was just praying through what our time looked like today was what scripture right now. I feel like we can go six more minutes. Six more? Yeah. Oh, we're right at about time, aren't we? Well, we gotta we gotta hit this one question, and we'll wrap it up. Six more minutes. So you are not allowed to keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta you gotta lead these things out. Yeah. All right. Take us, man. I got it. You got it. What scripture strengthens is strengthening you right now with Mm -hmm. in the Lord? Like that's something I've been talking about John fifteen nine a ton. That's just where I've been living. Um, And then Song of Solomon five. uh, I mean Song of Solomon one five you know, dark, but lovely. I've just been living in those verses, talking to the Lord about it. So just jump out there, share a verse. Maybe that listeners can grab onto and go look out for themselves. That could strengthen them. And maybe just talk a little bit about how it's strengthening you right now. If you've got one. 
Actually, it's good that you answered, not me, because I'm a bit all over the map. I've been, I mean, and I have, I've been preaching on, on covetousness and um, cynicism. <laughs> I mean, I've been, those are strengthening you. It it is. Yeah, it actually is. But yeah. because because I you know I've been just talking about the the desert fathers were so aggressive about mm. anything that got in the way of the conversation and the connection with the Lord. And so I'm just in that mood lately. Like if there's anything that's just polluting the conversation, let's just get it out of the way without condemnation, shame, mm. or a sense of defeat. Let's just point at it and go, no, I, this get this out. I want more connection with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if that's in the way, get it out. And so that's kind of in the, that's the, I'm in a very different mode. Well, I'm thinking I'm in attack mode. I, I, well, I, and I think I'm thinking about right. It's I think it's Revelation three, if I remember right. Like, be zealous in repenting. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming to my mind. Is that's at, the mode I'm in, yeah. right? Like, let's just get this out. This has no room here. Um, you know, being passionate about that, living. Uh, Revelation three is just coming to my mind because we talked on that a little bit earlier, right? That lukewarm, making sure that that has no residence in us, and being zealous to repent. So you got it. That's good. Yeah. Um. For me, I think, I, I, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, there's all my heart has been kind of a message of of finding hope, um, and 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 I I work with um, young young kids. I work with young kids in the inner city, um, in Kansas City, um, and what you've been doing for four years? Yeah, faithfully That's awesome. every week. Every week, little, little church kids service from uh, yeah. from one of the roughest spots in the in the area. Right. And, uh, last week, um, I was going to the Lord with the pain of my heart. I'm sorry I'm going to get emotional, but these kids, the way that they live and the suffering that they go through every day has been just weighing down my heart as someone who has prayed and waited upon the Lord for their destinies and the way that the Lord has been just um, been two verses are my life verses that the Lord, I felt like this is the reason I'm tied together with these kids. Uh, song of Solomon two fourteen and lamentations three twenty one. Three twenty one is good. Um, song of Solomon two fourteen. Oh my dove in the clefts of the rock and the secret places of the cliff. Let me see your face and let me hear your voice. The reason I keep catching on to that one is, is he found the dove. He found the dove when she went into run away and to look at herself and to, when she turned her face to the darkness of the cliffs that she was in to gaze upon her own beauty and to discourage herself in it. He found her and he knew where she had gone and he calls her out and says, sing to me. Oh my love, let me see you. And that's the message that I feel that the Lord has, has given me to, to, to even impart to these kids. And in Lamentations 3, I'm, I'm trying to go quickly here, but Lamentations 3, 21, um, th- this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast of the Lord never ceases and his faithfulness is new every morning. And the way that these kids live um, their lives and the way that I have I've felt so bound together in, with them and their families is they they live in a way that they're trapped in, in, in a cycle their lives are cycles of pain and abuse um, and, and just watching the, the adults in their life fail them again and again and again. And the Lord is just declaring 
their, their circumstances are not the truth over their life. The truth over their life is that my steadfast love never ceases and my faithfulness is new every morning. There is no cycle with me. It's always new. It's always fresh. It's always kind. It's steadfast and it's new every morning. And, and the way that he finds them and the way that he tears them out of their circumstances. And, and so for me, um, even in my heart and missions that, that, that has been, I feel the, the thing that the Lord keeps calling me back to is I find, and I, I, I find the hard circumstances. I find the dark circumstances. I find those that can only gaze upon the bad and I call them out because I love to see their face. And it is not something that I can do, but it's something that he, who he is, the truth of who he is and the hope of our circumstances. So, sorry, I went a little long, but that's what's been on my heart. So it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it is really beautiful. Is. I think even as we're coming to a closing of this episode, if I might just kind of insert this, I'm kind of in the same place as Dave. I'm like, okay, my favorite, what's my, what's the one verse right now? And I don't know that I can land on one, but when we're talking about doing something with longevity, we're talking about being marked by the Lord for prayer, being marked by the Lord. Um, the fact that the, you sharing that song of Solomon 2.14, that the Lord has chosen us, is what I'm getting from it. It's just solidifies things in our hearts so that like, I'm going to stay in this Lord. I'm mm-hmm. going to stick around because there's going to be a lot of questions that I have along the way. But if I have that, what you're ministering to me, song of Solomon two fourteen, John 15, nine, I want to know the same love that Jesus was loved with. Um, that just gives our hearts buoyancy and confidence to stay in this mm-hmm. with him. And I know that's what we want to convey to people that are listening or watching. So you want to wrap it up, Zach, uh, today, or you have anything to add to that? Just want to say thanks, guys, for making time. It's fun having you here. Thanks, love you guys. Us. Yeah, yes. we love you, and you're our first guest ever. So it, it, we're happy to start it with genuinely you guys. An honor. It's awesome. Yeah. We appreciate you guys doing this. Thank you yeah. for giving me this opportunity to do with him. It's been really. Oh, this yeah. is it's so special to do it all together, you know. And yeah. so um, we'll have to do it again in the future for sure. So thank you, everyone who's listening to this. Uh, hope you just stick around.